Hello and welcome to The Green Circle, a podcast series brought to you by Nitro Electricity Hub. I am your host, Uche Ronald. Every week, we bring you analysis on topical issues around renewable energy. Decentralized solutions such as mini-grids and solar home systems have been hailed as a solution to remote energy needs. While the electrifying potentials of these solutions are quite visible, one area that has largely been overlooked is the aggregate potentials. Aggregated distribution systems and demand-side generation can constitute virtual power plants that provide grid stability, especially in countries with weak grid systems, and can lead to decreased overall carbon emissions. With me today to discuss the potentials of virtual power plants in Africa is Emeka Chukure, the Director of International Strategy at the Electricity Exchange in Ireland. Welcome to the show, Emeka. Thank you, Uche. Uh, pleased to be here. Emeka, in a nutshell, what are energy exchanges? Uh, sure. So in your typical electricity system, uh, at the commercial end, you have your generators uh, and you have your suppliers. But uh, on the generation side, even though they supply energy to the system, there are other services they supply to the electricity grid that are not uh, discretized out. So in some markets, you would have heard of the concept of ancillary services. One example is if, if your grid goes down, if you have a blackout, uh, there are some generators that uh, provide what is called black start services to restart the grid for everybody. So we in electricity exchange provide electricity services to the transmission system operator. We don't sell that power to uh, end consumers. So that's not what we do. What we simply do is provide grid services to the transmission system operator. Uh, the services we provide are essentially uh, provided from demand side. So uh, anything behind the meter, uh, it could be load, uh, or it could be a backup generator, or it could be uh, a cogeneration plant. Um, but it's generally uh, behind a consumption meter. And if you take it as a generator that flips the other way, so a generator puts energy onto the grid, a demand side unit, when you switch off demand, it takes away demand from the grid. Is You can see that as negative generation. Uh, and the value of that is instead of if you have excess uh, demand on the system at any point in time, instead of switching on another generator, uh, you could ask uh, someone that has a significant load to turn off. Uh, and by turning off, uh, you reduce the peak pressure on your transmission grid. So, so that's it. in a nutshell what we do. Do you think the global transition to renewable energy has had an effect on energy market dynamics globally? Uh, absolutely. So uh, before I, I worked in electricity exchange, um, I worked for a renewable uh, energy company for about 12 years called uh, Electricity, uh, SSE Electricity. One of the things about energy economics, uh, particularly electricity economics, is that the cost of power is largely determined by the cost of the fuel. So if you are uh, a power system that is dominantly uh, provisioned from gas, uh, then the cost of electricity is largely going to be tied to the cost of gas on the on the open market. But when you start adding things like uh, solar and wind, uh, that essentially are free free resources on an operational timeline, the cost of wind power is is essentially zero. So there is a capital cost of putting in the asset, but once you put it in, uh, it doesn't cost anything to run largely. So you're now struggling. Uh, with a market where, fine, what? how do you then price electricity when the fuel, in this case, wind or solar, is free? Um, because you can't you can't put a price on 
well, something that is free. So, so you need to figure out a way how to price that. The impact it's having on electricity market is that it is reducing the the cost of electricity. Uh, that is becoming too low for the likes of uh, coal plants, uh, oil plants. Uh, and if you look at, say, in, in Great Britain, for argument's sake, I think for about 60 days, they didn't have any generation from coal because of all the renewables on the system. If you're not running a plant for that long, then that plant is is not making money. It's become uh, entirely uneconomic. Uh, and at some point, the owner of that plant is going to say, well, uh, we we would have to shut this plant down because it's not uh, it's not it's no longer viable. And the more you shut it down, the more renewables takes uh, place the more prices keep going down. Uh, so it becomes a, a cycle that is essentially leading to uh, the earlier retirement of, of conventional uh, thermal plant around systems uh, in the world. You mentioned the UK. I know there recently, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, they have had excess power generation from wind and wind turbines have had to shut down because obviously nuclear power plants couldn't. Going forward, especially with increased renewable energy built to be added to the grid. Do you see how markets can adapt to the increased energy flexibility? Um, good question. Uh, so so at the Electricity Exchange, our business is largely trying to address uh, part of that question. We see ourselves as a demand-side flexibility company uh, because you're, you're right. Um, with, with a system that has a lot of wind, the wind can stop blowing uh, straight away. Uh, and how a system copes with that matters. Uh, a, a system with a lot of nuclear, nuclear is not necessarily flexible. Uh, you can't ramp it up and down quickly because of safety reasons. I mean, you could cause uh, an explosion with the plant. Uh, that's why largely gas is seen as a as a bridging uh, technology uh, because you can relatively ramp gas up up and down quickly. Uh, but going into the future, the other technologies that are sort of coming into play, uh, aside from demand response, uh, is uh, battery storage, obviously. Uh, again, with battery st storage, you ha have the flexibility to ramp it up and down by discharging or, or charging uh, rapidly. So, so that's coming into play. And when you talk about storage, battery storage systems, you then get into what you might call stationary. Uh, so batteries that are tied to the ground somewhere, uh, but also... Uh, mobile uh, storage, so electric vehicles, which is another uh, element that is coming into play in, in systems out in the West. Uh, you could use the batteries in cars to sort of provide flexibility to the grid. Uh, so, so there are a number of technologies that are coming out. You have other ones uh, like hydrogen is becoming a big topic now. You can, and the, the argument is that you can use, so for uh, overnight when people are sleeping, demand is low, uh, the wind is still blowing at night, rather than uh, waste that power from wind, uh, you can use it to, to uh, generate hydrogen. Uh, and then during the day, uh, you can then use that hydrogen uh, almost like as a replacement for your gas uh, in plants. So, so there are lots of new technologies that are all sort of being discussed and, and, and coming into play to provide that flexibility that, that systems need the more and more we go uh, towards uh, renewable sources that are variable, uh, like wind and solar. We'll be taking a break now, and when we come back, we would be discussing the potentials of virtual power plants in Africa. This podcast is sponsored by the Makoto Foundation. The Makoto Foundation supports creativity, effective institutions, and influential networks building a just, broadened, and peaceful world. Welcome back, Emeka. 
Um, do you think virtual power plants constituting of aggregated distributed energy systems could work in Africa, especially as many grid systems are being seen as a solution to our energy challenges? So I think it's it has application uh, across Africa, but for me the fundamental question there is 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 how we how we uh, structure our industrial economy. So so the presumption of of a of of something like that is just notionally. Let's say you have a, an industrial cluster where people go to work during the day and they use a lot of power there, uh, and they would have left a residential sector that isn't using power. So uh, the residential sector, if you had uh, just argument's sake, you had solar panels on those roofs. You could shunt that power to the industrial uh, cluster during the day while people are at work. Uh, and then vice versa at night. Uh, if that industrial cluster had uh, generation uh, at night, and I'm making this up, uh, let's say from hydrogen, uh, you could serve the residential sector at night. So so it is it is feasible uh, and makes sense, uh, but 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 it, it, it goes back to how we organized in our our industrial economy uh, in Africa. If we don't have, if we don't have energy sinks, large energy sinks. So if we're not industrializing, if we're not having clusters of of uh, production that suck a lot of energy, it's hard in my view to see how you can get uh, those distributed energies having, if you like, uh, excess power to share around in, in any efficient way. So so that's that's a challenge. I think it's tied to the industrialization uh, part that, that Africa takes as a whole. Okay. Do you think Nigeria is right for policies that encourage the application of mini grid systems to form virtual power plants? So um, I have not studied every electricity market uh, in the world in detail, but I know for a fact that in Ireland, uh, and I suspect that that is what also happened in the US uh, and, and in Australia, and I reckon it happened in GB, is uh, we talk about mini grids as if it's 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 an invention. Uh, actually, and, and I... I, I you know, my recollection in Nigeria was that this is actually how electricity systems develop. They develop from a mini grid concept. So, so I remember back in Nigeria, you know, you'd have the autonomous power projects uh, for each community. Uh, in Ireland, that's how power developed. Each community uh, essentially got together and set up their electricity supply, uh, and you can call it a mini grid. Uh, and it wasn't until later down the road when you had a lot of this all over the place that uh, governments then came together and nationalized all those mini grids into one national grid. So that's actually how electricity systems developed. They, they were never planned from the top down, you know, as a as a full-fledged transmission system. Perhaps we need to go back to the future in Nigeria in that, in that sense that uh, we first of all need to, if you like, create those um, those mini grids across the country. And then as economic dictates needs, uh, they would then start connecting with each other, like you said, under the virtual grid uh, concept and eventually become a national grid. So so, so bottom up uh, rather than top down is, is essentially what I'm suggesting. Oh, okay. You see mini grids as a temporary fixture that would eventually join or be merged into the national grid. Uh, in the future, it, it will make sense to connect them to, to, to a... Uh, let me not say national grid necessarily, but at least a broader grid. In my view, you need to go from a mini grid to a micro grid to a larger grouping of, of grids. Uh, because, again, uh, if you talk about economic activity, like you said, uh, a marketplace is busy during the day. A marketplace, uh, offices, uh, schools are busy during the day. Uh, residentials are generally not busy during the day. So, so 
if you don't have a grid where you sort of move power around based on where the usage is, uh, you're simply going to be inefficient. So if you like, you will put enough generation in a school uh, to serve the school uh, when it uses the most power. Uh, but at night when nobody's there, that generation asset, if it's not connected and shifting its power somewhere else, it, it's essentially um, underutilized. Uh, so, so grids are essential to make sure you're not building. So, so it's either you build excess of generation capacity to serve a location or you build uh, transportation, in this case, transmission capacity to shift power around uh, and share. Uh, I mean, when, when you share an economy, a, a grid essentially shares power uh, to everybody that's connected to it. Thank you, Mecca, for being on the show today. Uh, Thanks for having me, Uche. Uh, It's it's been a pleasure. That will be all for this week. All episodes of our podcast can be accessed at podcast.nigerelectricityhub.com. Thank you for listening.